0: BestBookBits.com brings you the book summary of Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. In this number one New York Times bestseller, Brene Brown teaches us what it means to dare greatly, rise strong, and brave the wilderness. Now based on new research conducted with leaders, change makers, and culture shifters, she's showing us how to put those ideas into practice so we can step up and lead. Leadership is not about titles, status, and power over people. Leaders are people who hold themselves accountable for recognizing the potential in people and ideas and developing that potential. This is a book for anyone who is ready to choose courage over comfort, make a difference, and lead. When we dare to lead, we don't pretend to have the right answers. We stay curious and ask the right questions. We don't see power as finite and hoard it. We know that power becomes infinite when we share it and work to align authority and accountability. We don't avoid difficult conversations and situations. We lean into the vulnerability that's necessary to do good work. But daring leadership in a culture that's defined by scarcity, fear, and uncertainty requires building courage skills, which are uniquely human. The irony is that we're choosing not to invest in developing the hearts and minds of leaders. At the same time, we're scrabbling to figure out what we have to offer that machines can't do better and faster. What can we do better? empathy, connection, and courage to start. B'nai Brown spent the past two decades researching the emotions that give meaning to our lives. Over the past seven years, she's found that leaders in organizations, ranging from small entrepreneurial startups to family-owned businesses to non-profits, civic organizations, and Fortune 50 companies are asking the same questions. How do you cultivate braver, more daring leaders? And how do you embed the value of courage in your culture? Data Lead answers these questions and gives us actionable strategies and real examples from a new research based courage building program. Brene writes One of the most important findings of my career is that the courage can be taught, developed, and measured. Courage is a collection of four skill sets supported by 28 behaviors. All it requires is a commitment to doing bold work, having tough conversations, and showing up with our whole hearts. Easy. No. Choosing courage over comfort is not easy. Worth it, always. We want to be brave with our lives and work. It's why we're here. Now on with the book summary on Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. Brave Leaders and Courage Cultures. What is a leader, according to Brene Brown? A leader is anyone who takes responsibility for finding the potential in people and processes, and who has the courage to develop that potential. In her two-decade-long research, she has found that we need braver leaders and more courageous cultures for modern organizations to flourish and innovate. What does it take to become a daring leader and build a culture of courage within an organization? This is the main question that Brene Brown addresses in her book, Dead a Lead. Courage is a collection of four skill sets that can be taught, observed, and measured. Number one, in with vulnerability. Two, living into our values. Three, braving in trust. And four, learning to rise. In the following chapters, we'll break down all of them. We can all become daring leaders. Ready to find out how? Number one, rumbling with vulnerability. Rumbling with vulnerability is the heart of daring leadership. A rumble is a conversation where people show up vulnerable and serve the mission and each other, not their egos. Being vulnerable is the emotion we experience during the times of uncertainty, failure, Risk and emotional exposure. If we are brave enough, often enough, we will fail and be criticized often. The author encourages everyone to face moments of vulnerability with a whole heart and no armor. There are six myths related to vulnerability. Number one, vulnerability is weakness. Two, I don't do vulnerability. Three, I can go it alone. Four, you can engineer the uncertainty and discomfort out of vulnerability. Five, Trust comes before vulnerability. And six, vulnerability is disclosure. The truth couldn't be any further. Number one, daring leadership is born through vulnerability. Number two, without vulnerability, there is no creativity or innovation. Three, vulnerability means empathy and connection with other people. Four, you have to face vulnerability to learn. Five, trust and vulnerability grow codependently, not separately. And six, vulnerability minus boundaries is confession and manipulation. Let's learn how to rumble with vulnerability. The call to courage. Joseph Campbell offers the purest calls to courage for leaders. The cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. The cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. Your journey towards a more courageous leader starts by defining the treasure and acknowledging the fears that get in the way. I want less anxiety, less feeling alone, more work towards exciting goals. However, I'm afraid to admit that I don't always have the answers or skills that real leaders have. I'm scared of making bad decisions, and I've felt stuck and scared, tired and lonely a lot lately. It's okay, I feel you. The only way forward according to the author's research is by investing time attending to fears and feelings, entering the cave. But first, we need to shed our armor and stay open-hearted. The Armory Leaders believe that protecting our heart and emotions and not bringing them to work, employees become more productive and efficient. The reality is, our armor kills courage, curiosity, and innovation. Here are some armored leadership examples and how to turn them around. Number one, driving perfectionism and fostering fear of failure. A daring leader encourages healthy striving, empathy, and understanding, and self-compassion in times of failure. Number two, squandering opportunities for joy and recognition. Joy is the most vulnerable emotion we feel. A daring leader practices gratitude and celebrates milestones and victories. Number three, being a knower and being right. Becoming a learner and make learning curiosity skills a priority is the way towards daring leadership. Number four, using criticism as self-protection. The remedy is building a culture of contribution. You can't criticize unless you then offer a stronger solution. Number five, leading for compliance and control. Daring leaders cultivate commitment and share purpose, priorities, and mission. Six, rewarding exhaustion as a status symbol and attaching productivity to self-worth. Daring leaders are intentional about promoting sleep, play, and recovery. Seven, Tolerating discrimination, echo chambers and a fitting in culture. Daring leaders cultivate a culture of belonging, inclusivity and diversity, acknowledging their own privilege and staying open to learning about their biases and blind spots. And last, number eight, leading from hurt. Attending to fears and feelings is the only way to lead from the heart. Shame and empathy. Leaders feel scared to be vulnerable because... Once they take off their armor and expose themselves, they get to experience shame. Shame is the theory that makes us unworthy of connection, belonging, or even love. Shame makes us say two things. Number one, never good enough. And number two, who do you think you are? What we need to acknowledge about shame is this. Number one, we all have it. It's the one of the most primitive human emotions. Number two, we're all afraid to talk about shame. And number three, The less we talk about shame, the more control it has over our lives. At work, shame shows up through behavioural cues such as perfectionism, gossiping, comparison, harassment, discrimination, blaming, and bullying. Shame happens between people, so we can only heal shame through empathy. There are five elements to empathy. Number one, to see the world as others see it, or perspective taking. Number two, to be non judgmental. Three, to understand another person's feelings. Four, to communicate your understanding of that person's feelings. And number five, to be mindful and not over identify with their thoughts and feelings. Respectively, there are six ways we tend to miss a moment of empathy. Number one, sympathy versus empathy. Oh, it's bad. That looks terrible. So sorry. Number two, the gasp and awe. Oh gosh. If that had happened to me, I'd die. Number three, the mighty fall. I've just never expected such a bad rating from you. Number four, the boots and shovel. It's not that bad. You know you're amazing. And number five, if you think that's bad, that's nothing. Let me tell you about my. Number six, the block and tackle. How did you let this happen? What were you thinking? The good news is we can all learn how to practice empathy. When you think about those six types of empathy misses, are there one or two that shut you down? How do they affect your connection with the person? On the flip side, how do you rate your own empathy skill? Are there one or two responses that you typically use that you need to change? These two sets of questions are a good start. The trickiest barrier to empathy is resisting the urge to punish or shame our own selves when we make mistakes. In other words, we need to master self-compassion. Talking to yourselves the way we talk to someone we love. Connecting with your own or somebody else's feelings manifest in phrases like, Oh, man, I feel you. I know that feeling and it sucks. Me too. I see you. You're not alone. I've been in a similar place and it's really hard. I understand what that's like. I think a lot of us experience that. Either we're all normal or we're all weird. Either way, it's not just you. Shame Resilience We build empathy and shame resilience by number one, recognising shame and understanding its triggers. This way we're less likely to default to our shame shields, such as moving away, withdrawing, hiding, silencing ourselves, keeping secrets. B. Moving Toward Seeking to appease and please Or C. Moving against. Trying to gain power over others by being aggressive or by using shame to fight shame. Number two, practicing critical awareness. When we see the big picture, we can be aware of shame triggers and social expectations that fuel shame. And number three, reaching out. Finding the courage to share our experiences and the compassion to hear others tell their stories. We force shame out. And number four speaking shame shame derives its power from being unspeakable that's why it loves perfectionist it's natural for them to stay quiet grounded confidence grounded confidence equals rumble skills plus curiosity plus practice during rumbling sessions tough conversations and emotionally charged decision making leaders with grounded confidence stay true to their values respond rather than react emotionally and operate from self-awareness, not self-protection. Curiosity involves vulnerability, uncertainty, and courage. It is correlated with creativity, intelligence, improved learning and memory, and problem-solving. Here's how to start a curiosity-filled conversation. The story I make up is, I'm curious about, tell me more, I'm wondering, help me understand, tell me about your passion around this, tell me why this doesn't fit, work for you. Finally, easy learning doesn't build strong skills. Grounded confidence comes from the process of learning and unlearning, practicing and failing. Number two, living into our values. Usually, it's our values and beliefs that lead us to do something uncomfortable and daring. However, unless we have clarity of values to remind ourselves why they're out there daring, cynics and critics will bring us down. Living into our values means practicing our values, not just believing them. Living into our values means practicing our values, not just believing them. How? Step one, name. Pick the two values from the list on the next page that you hold most important. Those two values are simply a definition of who you are in your life. Step two, behavior. Armed with your two values, answer the following questions. What are three behaviors that support each value? What's an example of a time when I was fully living into each value? What are the three actions I'm tempted to do that are counter to each value? And step three, empathy. Daring leaders who live into their values are never silent about hard things. As Brene Brown says, integrity is choosing courage over comfort. Integrity is choosing courage over comfort. A brave leader is someone who says, I see you. I hear you, I don't have all the answers, but I'm going to keep listening and asking questions. Giving feedback. An essential last step to stay aligned with your values, keep in mind, I know I'm ready to give feedback when I can. Number one, sit next to you rather than across from you. Number two, put the problem in front of us rather than between us. Number three, listen, ask questions and accept that I may not fully understand the issue. Number four, acknowledge what you do well versus just pick apart your mistakes. And number five, recognize your strengths and how you can best use them. And number six, hold you accountable without shaming or blaming. Seven, be open to owning my part. Eight, genuinely thank you for your efforts versus just criticize you for your failings. Nine, talk about how these challenges will lead to growth and opportunity. And 10, model the vulnerability and openness that I expect to see from you. Receiving feedback. Likewise, to best receive feedback regardless of how it's delivered, develop the following self-talk phrases. Number one, I'm brave enough to listen. When receiving feedback from someone who lacks delivery skills. Number two, there's something valuable here. Take what works and leave the rest. When receiving feedback from a skilled person, but we don't know their intentions. And number three, this is the path to mastery. When receiving unscheduled feedback and being taken off guard. As the author highlights, the ultimate goal in receiving feedback is a skillful blend of listening, integrating feedback and reflecting it back with accountability. Part three, braving trust. Trust is choosing to risk making something you value vulnerable to another person's actions. Distrust is what is important to me is not safe with this person in this situation or any situation. Trust is built in small moments and holds teams and organizations together, but the slightest questioning of someone's trustworthiness can lead to vulnerability lockdown. The Braving Inventory This practical rumble tool can help colleagues understand how much they trust each other and be specific about where they respecting one's boundaries and when you're not clear about what's okay and not okay, you ask. Reliability. You do what you say you'll do. You don't overpromise, and you are able to deliver on commitments. Accountability. You own your mistakes, apologize and make amends. Vault. You don't share information or experiences that are not yours to share or confidential. Integrity. You choose courage over comfort. You choose what is right over what is fun, fast or easy. Non-judgment. We can talk about how we feel or ask each other for help without judgment. Generosity. You extend the most generous interpretation possible to intentions, words and actions of others. How it works. Each person fills out their braving inventory independently. Then they meet one-on-one to discuss where their experiences align and where they differ. This tool brings more clarity than generally saying, I don't trust you. Self-trust. To use the braving inventory on yourself, ask the following questions. Boundaries. Did I respect my own boundaries in the situation? Was I clear with myself and then others about what's okay and not okay? Reliability. Could I count on myself? Accountability. Did I hold myself accountable or did I blame others? Did I hold others accountable when I should have? Vault. Did I honor the vault? Or did I share or not share appropriately? Did I stop other people who were sharing inappropriately? Integrity. Did I choose courage over comfort? Did I practice my values? Did I do what I thought was right or did I opt for fast and easy? Non-judgment. Did I ask for help when I needed it? Was I judgmental about needing help? Did I practice non-judgment with myself? Generosity. Was I generous towards myself? Did I have self-compassion? Did I talk to myself with kindness and respect and like someone I love? When I screwed up, did I skip the self-love and go straight into berating myself? Part 4. Learning to rise. We have to teach people about hard landings before they start skydiving to vulnerability. This last chapter is a three-part practical guide into becoming a riser. Number 1. The reckoning. The reckoning is simply becoming aware that we're emotionally hooked. Self-talk plays out like this. I don't know what's happening, but I'm coming out of my skin. I can't stop playing the conversation over and over in my head. I feel disappointed, regretful, pissed, hurt, angry, heartbroken, confused, scared, and worried. Slow down. Breathe for a count of four. Four, three, two, one connect to your body and pay attention to your emotions. Do I have enough information to freak out about this situation? If I don't have enough information, how can I collect it? If I do have enough data, will freaking out help? Most importantly, don't offload your emotions onto others or take out your armor. Number two, the rumble. In the absence of data, we will always make up stories. The first story we make up is what Brene Brown calls the shitty first draft or the SFD where fear and insecurities fill in the data gaps. Daring leaders keep their people in the loop with valid information and create space and safety for them to reality check with their SFDs. This reduces story making. The author and 70% of risers in her research also capture their own SFD before they act on it. This gives them power and opportunity to say, does this even make sense? Then to move from an S, F, D to a true story, they ask these questions. Number one, what do I need to learn and understand about the situation? A, what do I know objectively? B, what assumptions am I making? Number two, what more do I need to learn and understand about other people in the story? A, what additional information do I need? And B, what questions or clarifications might help? Number three, what more do I need to learn and understand about myself? A, what's underneath my response? B, what am I really feeling? And C, what part did I play? The gap between the SFD and the truth is where the meaning and wisdom lie. And number three, the revolution. Brene Brown finishes off, with three major takeaways from our research. Number one, the level of collective courage in an organization is best predictor of success and daring leadership. Number two, the greatest challenge in developing brave leaders is helping them acknowledge and answer their personal call to courage. And three, we fail the minute we let someone else define success for us. Conclusion and key takeaways. Vulnerability is the emotion we experience during times of uncertainty, failure, risk, and emotional exposure. Leaders feel scared to be vulnerable because once they take off their armor and expose themselves, they've got to experience shame. Empathy. The remedy to shame is not connecting to an experience. It's connecting to emotions that underpin an experience. Integrity is choosing courage over comfort. Find the cave, own the story, And you get to write the ending. Deny the story, and it owns you. And that's a wrap on the book summary of Dare to Lead, written by Brene Brown. If you like this summary and want to listen to over 500 more book summaries, follow us and check us out on Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast by searching Best Book Bits. If you're into the video book summary, I have over 500 video book summaries on YouTube. And if you're into the written summary, I also have over 500 written summaries on bestbookbits.com. If you want to connect with me personally to share books, information, make new friends, find me. I run the Best Bookbits book club. You can find it at bestbookbits.com forward slash book club. I look forward to seeing you there. You can join for free. Have a great day. Hope you got something from this book summary. Take care. Bye-bye now.